Good morning. Good morning. And a warm welcome to our time of worship at Kirkgate this morning. And if you are here with us, or if you are joining us online, then be assured you are most welcome. As from Monday the 21st of March, we no longer require to record trace and protect information. You are welcome to attend all services now without giving me a call. My grateful thanks to all who have kept me fully informed of their intending presence or unavailability over the past X number of months, which have made my task so much easier, so my thanks for that. Please remember that Sunday school is available for any children who are present today or on any Sunday with us. They will be made very welcome. If anyone wishes to donate to Ukraine and may not already have taken the opportunity, you can do so by placing the donation in a suitably marked envelope and placing it in the open plate. As you are aware, it was proposed to run an alpha course commencing on this Wednesday, the 23rd of March. Unfortunately, not sufficient numbers had signed up to attend, and it is with great disappointment that the course has had to be postponed for the present. I can now confirm to you that the sanctuary carpet and the fitters will be here at Kirkgate from tomorrow onwards. It will roughly take two to three days to lay the carpet. It would be very helpful and very much appreciated if members could spare 10 minutes after this service to assist in moving the chairs into the large hall. In addition, we have got to move everything, communion table, pedestal, baptismal font. So if you can spare 10 minutes after the service, that would be appreciated. But the one thing I will say to you is, I accept not everyone will be able to lift chairs. They are heavy and I certainly do not wish members to lift anything which would put any form of strain on them. It is also hoped that a rotor can be drawn up for light cleaning work of the church. Light cleaning amounts to hoovering and dusting. If you are interested in helping with this work, please register your name with Vivian. The more who register, the fewer times they will have to cover that task. As was intimated last Sunday, the funeral of Benny Cassidy will take place this Wednesday, the 23rd of March, at 10 a.m. in St Mary's Roman Catholic Church, followed by interment at Ardrossan Cemetery. Thereafter, all are welcome to go along to the Lauriston, and Margaret would very much appreciate your support there. The quiz night on Friday night, it was a most enjoyable evening and it is with grateful thanks to all who supported or contributed to the success of the quiz night. The committee are delighted to announce that the evening raised the welcome sum of £263. So well done and I hope everyone who attended enjoyed it. A reminder to the Kirk Session members, the Kirk Session will meet on Thursday the 31st of March at 7.30. Now I'm sure you will all have realised by now that the Reverend Nigel Chicania will not be leading our worship this morning. Nigel is on Presbytery Business and as Interim Moderator of Stevenston Livingston linked with our dear, he is conducting worship at that charge this morning. And we are very privileged and delighted to welcome if I get it right, the Reverend Evanisto Muse. How would you like to see your surname? <laughs> Musidesa. Uh, so, that's close, that's close. Uh, so, uh, we look forward to you leading us in worship this morning, and thank you for picking up the mispronunciation of your name. Thank you. Very warm welcome to everyone. Good morning. Um, it somehow feels awkward to just get on with it without saying anything, you know. She's introduced me and I somehow feel awkward to say, get on with it. But uh, just to calm your nerves, I served with Nigel back in Zimbabwe. So we know each other from way back. So come and worship the living God and the savior of the world. Come and worship the one who died and was raised again. Come and worship the spirit who renews and empowers us to be God's people and offer him our thanks, 
our praise and our worship. Amen. Let us sing our first hymn together, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing.
I'll invite John to come and lead us in prayer. Thank you that you promised that where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst. Lord, we welcome you amongst us today and celebrate the gift of life that you have lavished upon each of us. We ask that you would open our ears that we may hear your voice. Open our minds so that we may receive your eternal wisdom. Open our spirits so that we may know your leading and guidance. And open our hearts so that we may receive your wonderful love. Father God, we come before you today laying down our pride and arrogance and confess our need for you. We lay our needs at your feet and worship you alone. Without you, we are nothing. Teach us how to worship you in all transparency. Fill us with your spirit as we open our mouths in praise to you. God, we ask for your help in being a light in every place you have given us to walk. Give us care and wisdom as we live and work with one another. Help us to look to another's needs before our own and to always be ready to serve those around us by the power of your love within us. Even in every dark and broken place for the times we feel that we are barely making it through, give us your joy, Lord, your grace and the powerful presence of your peace. Father God, thank you for this Sunday. Lord, we come before you first and foremost with hearts of gratitude. You have seen us through another week and we stand at the threshold of a fresh week, full of new beginnings. Lord, help us to start this bright embarking with you. Stir in us a deep desire to come into future relationship with you. Remind us that it is not solely by going to our Sunday service that we worship and come before you. Rather, it is through the daily communion with you, through relationship and prayer. Lord, we pray for the people of Ukraine, for all those suffering or afraid, that you will be close to them and protect them. We pray for world leaders, for compassion, strength and wisdom to guide their choices in pursuit of peace. We pray for the world that in this moment of crisis we may reach out in solidarity to our brothers and sisters in need. May we walk in your ways so that peace and justice become a reality for the people of Ukraine and for all the world. We thank you for everyone gathered here now. Thank you that you know each of us by name and have caused us to walk with you. We know that we are dependent on you and our trust is in you completely. As we surrender ourselves in adoration, we ask that you would come by your Holy Spirit and inspire our hearts today. Come fill our lives with your love. Fill our conversations with your grace and truth. Fill this service with your presence. We ask all this for your glory and praise, and the words left to us by your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, we continue. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debtors, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory Amen. Now, if you struggled to pronounce my name, imagine trying to write it. Um, and uh, I'm so glad I'm, I'm not um, the oldest here. Neither am I the youngest here. So that's uh, square. How old are you? He's two. He's two. And how old are you? Seven. How old are you, Nathan? Oh, because I'm his dad, you always don't want to answer. You're four. And how old are you? Eight. And how old are you? Seven, turning eight. Ah, so anyway. And may I ask you, where were you in 1988? People are oh, I, I, I've taken you down the memory lane, right? 1988. But anyway, in 1988, I was doing P1. <laughs> so I was doing P1 in 1988. And I had to attempt to write my name. Now, my first name is Evaristo, has got eight letters. Oh, I forgot to ask you, my boy, how old are you? Ah, you want to come? You can come today, it's all right. Uh, so, I was in grade, we call it grade one back home. It was in P1, and I had to write my name. But the struggle 
was making mistakes and all that. And thank God, we were given something like this to use. What is this? It's a what? Can you confirm it's a pencil? This is a pencil. Oh, okay. At least we are I shall not ask these ones what it is. It is a pencil. And the beauty about this was every time you made a mistake, we would cry, I made a mistake. I've messed up. And we are trying to do that. But the teacher would always come with something magical. And they're trying to raise their hands. I don't want to talk to you. So the teacher would always bring something magical. The teacher would bring a rubber or an eraser. So that every mistake I made, I sort of count my nerves, what? Down. And what am I trying to tell you today? God is the eraser. When we make mistakes, he comes with his magical touch. When we ask for forgiveness, when we believe in Christ, Christ does the magical thing. He erases our mistakes. Christ gives us yet another blank page to start all over again. So next time you're at school, when you see a pencil, and an eraser, think of what God has done for you or think of what Christ continues to do for you. When you make a mistake, if you ask Christ, he can erase that and help you to start again. Now, I'll invite John again to come and read the scriptures for us. Oh, don't worry, before you do that, let us sing. Oh God, you search me and you know me.
with Christ you were circumcised, not with the circumcision that is made by human beings, but with the circumcision made by Christ, which consists of being freed from the power of the sinful self. For when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in baptism, baptism you were also raised with Christ, through your faith in the active power of God, who raised him from death. You were at one time spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were Gentiles without the law. But God has now brought you to life with Christ. God forgave us all our sins. He cancelled the unfavourable record of our debts with its binding rules and did away with it completely by nailing it to the cross. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory procession. May God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Amen. Thank you, John, for reading God's word to us today. Let us sing again our next hymn, As the Deer Pens for Waters. We continue to explore the book of Colossians and I would love to believe much has been said before and we've come to that part um, of the scripture where Paul brings about an interesting argument where Paul is trying to argue the real thing and the unreal thing where Paul again is his style brings about different pictures to portray the message of what God had done. If you read throughout Paul's letters, he uses different 
images, different images, so that people would understand and identify with what he was saying. We meet Paul in chapter 2 from verse 11, now arguing about real and unreal circumcision. The false teachers were demanding that the Gentile Christians should be circumcised. And circumcision was that badge of God's chosen people. It was that badge that signified them and symbolized them as God's chosen people. God, the Jews would argue, had asked Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 verse 10 where he had said, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and all the seeds after you, every male child among you shall be circumcised. So this was the badge of honor. You know how we so love things that have been passed on generation after generation? I can imagine at home you have something that has been your grandma's and it goes and it goes and it goes. The, the, the treasure, the value that thing brings, you carry it with you. It is a badge of honor. It is something that is so historical. And may I say, you were brave to remove the pews. You were brave. I will whisper to you, please don't tell them. I'm at Clark Memorial Church. If you've been a beautiful sanctuary. And there's one lady I spoke to who said, my, my whole generations have been sitting in this pew. <laughs> and she'd sit there with honor and with what? With pride. So that perhaps was the comparison that the Jews had and say circumcision was that badge of honor. Circumcision was a badge of a person dedicated to God. But that dedication did not lie in the circumcision of the flesh. It demanded something more. It demanded something bigger. It demanded something greater. Everything that was against God had to be put away. The same way that foreskin was put away, the argument by the prophets and Paul that is speaking is it has to be much more than just the taking away of the flesh. It says to be much more than just taking away the foreskin. The prophets had answered the same way. If you read from Exodus going forward, they would argue and say, God desires the circumcision of the lips. God desires the circumcision of the hearts. And this is the answer that Paul is bringing later on. And he says to them, you demand circumcision. But you must remember that circumcision does not mean the removal of the foreskin from a man's body. It means putting off all that whole part of his nature that sets him at variance with God. And Paul went on to argue and says, only Christ Jesus can do that. Any priest can circumcise a man's foreskin. Only Christ can bring about that spiritual circumcision which means cutting away from a man's life and man's self everything that keeps him from being the obedient child of God. The only true circumcision is when a man dies and rises with Christ in baptism in such a way that it is not a part of his body which is cut away. But it is all sinful self which is destroyed and filled with newness of life. A newness that draws him into the holiness of God. This 
was Paul's argument, saying, we've got to do much more. We've got to go over and above that badge of honor that was given to Abraham as a covenant. We've got to do much more. It involves the heart. It involves the mind. It involves our total being, not just a part of us. Paul then goes further and draws this beautiful picture. He now talks of the triumphant forgiveness. He talks in a vivid way. He paints a vivid picture to show what God had done in Christ for men. The intention behind it was to show that Christ has done all that can be done. Not only has he done all that can be done, he has done all that needed to be done. And there is no need for anyone or anything to bring about any other intermediaries for the full salvation of men. There is nothing more than Christ that we need to enjoy the full benefits of salvation. And he paints this picture. And this picture comes out, the first thing that we see is men were dead in their sins. They were utterly defeated by sin. They were powerless to break the chains of sin. They were powerless to meet the condemnation of sin. They had no power to overcome or to atone for sin. Jesus Christ, by his work, he had liberated men from both the power and the consequences of sin. Christ has liberated us from the power and the consequences of what? Of sin. The work of Christ is the work of power in the sense that it puts life in a dead man. The work of Christ is a work of power in that it resurrects a man. It gives a man who stood no chance another chance. It gives everyone a fresh page. It erases the past and say, you stand another chance. Have you ever written off someone in life? You know at school we had those that we, that were just the perfect recipe for disaster in life. But along the way, God being God, we would bump into these guys. There's someone else in life. And few of us have the guts to say, hang on, I had written you off. Christ gives us that power, that resurrectory power to live again, to have another chance. Not only is it a work of power, it is a work of grace. Grace because it reaches out to those who had no reason to, to expect any benefit from God. We were not a people, and God decided us to bring us into his family. So this is the first picture that depends. We were dead in our sins. We stood no chance. And the second aspect of the picture is that he then says, Christ Jesus blotted out the handwriting of ordinances which was against us. You know, those kind of mistakes... That kind of lifestyle, that's always there in your face. Now, Christ comes and blots out that handwriting. He blots out that reminder. You know the reminder, every other time the enemy whispers in our ears to say, you are not good enough. You are not worthy. You can't do it. You won't make it. You know what? We don't have to do it in our strength. Because Christ has given us his strength. Paul in writing again in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5, he then writes that not that we are competent, but our competence comes from Christ. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in his strength. Now, the picture of him blotting out this handwriting is like wiping out a charge list 
which was a charge list that we had ourselves had admitted to our debts. We, we knew that these debts were based against the ordinances of God's law, the law that we had broken. Paul speaks of this rent writing and says, it's there in your face. You admitted you are guilty. Now, I've seen that everything that you do here, you've got to declare that you've given the right information and all that. Um, I've been trying to hand in my Zimbabwean license so that I can get a British license. And I had to write all these things. But the scary part is the seventh section, which says your declaration. Listen to what they say. Or listen to what I say. It says your declaration. And it's right, it's in, it's in fine print. It says, I declare that I am a resident in the UK and understand that it is a criminal offense to make a false declaration and get a driving and get a driving license and that and that to do so can lead can lead to prosecution and a maximum penalty of up to 2 years imprisonment huh? <laughs> it doesn't stop there i also understand and do i I also understand that failing to provide information is an offense that could lead to prosecution and a fine of up to a thousand pounds. Huh? That's a lot of money. But because I want the license, what did I do? I'm going to what? And it what? So this is my charge list. This is what I've said. This is who I am. And if anything goes wrong, they will pull this piece of paper and put it right in my face and say, this is what you said. This is exactly what Paul is saying. We had admitted that God, we are sinners. We had signed it ourselves that we don't have any power to save ourselves. We don't have any power to redeem ourselves. But praise be to God. For Christ then comes and says, I'm going to take this piece of paper. You forgive me, I'm not being rude. And I'm going to tear it away. Christ comes and says, I'm taking this piece of paper with its handwriting and I'm going to nail it to the cross. It is done and dusted. They will not hold you accountable to this piece of paper. If anyone has any questions, they speak to me. You know that boldness? When somebody comes in your home and says, don't worry, whoever comes here, I'll deal with them. And this is exactly what Christ says. Christ took, it is God who took that indictment and nailed it to the cross. It was wiped out as if it had never been. It was executed on that cross. It was put clean out of the way. God is saying, you have a fresh start. And the third aspect which is the last aspect of this picture. So we said, you know, men were dead in their sins and Christ has blotted out that handwriting. And the last aspect of the picture that he paints in this section is that Christ has stripped the powers and authorities and made them his captives. In fact, he has defeated the devil and paraded him as a powerless, a toothless dog, as something that is useless. We can tread upon it because Christ has rendered it powerless. Isn't this wonderful? Isn't this beautiful? This is what Paul writes and reminds us this morning to say, friends, God has taken away that guilt that was hanging about us. 
He has taken us. He has taken it away so much that you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to rely on your strength. You don't have to try. You don't have to beat yourself hard. All you have to do is rely on Christ and Christ alone. All you have to do is do it in his strength. May God truly bless us. As we remember that once and for all, Jesus broke their power. He put them to shame and led them captive in a triumphant entry. Christ, that's why he said on the cross, John chapter 19 verse 30, it is finished. It is done and dusted no more. Let me end by, I love football. And I support Liverpool. And in Liverpool, they say, we never walk alone, you know. Now, we played against Arsenal, you know, on Wednesday. And we beat Arsenal 2-0. Now, if you watch that game again, it's no longer a live match. It's a delayed what? It's a delayed match. And if you don't know the results, you can be kept on that edge. You can be kept on that seat. And you can see us now trying and trying and trying and trying. And perhaps you can make phone calls and say, I don't see Liverpool coming out of this game. I don't see. But it is a delayed match. It is already done and dusted. The match has already been what? Been won. That's exactly the feeling we should have when we look at Christ. He has finished it. He has won it on our behalf. No matter how hard the devil tries, he won't win because it is done and dusted. Christ has blotted out that handwriting. He has erased it. May God bless us. Let us pray together. Make us worthy of your goodness. Open our hearts to love and praise you. And inspire us always to live for your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you. And the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. God of all kindness, you gave your only son because you loved the world so much. We pray for the peace of the world. Move among us by your spirit. Break down barriers of fear, barriers of suspicion, and barriers of hatred. Heal the human family of its divisions and unite in it the bond of justice and peace. We pray for our country. Enrich our common life. Strengthen the forces of truth and goodness. Teach us to share prosperity. That those whose lives are impoverished by, may pass from need and despair to dignity and joy. We pray for those who suffer. Surround them with your love. Support them with your strength. Console them with your comfort. And give them hope and courage beyond themselves. We pray for our families. For those whom we love, protect them at home. Support them in times of difficulty and anxiety. That they may grow together in mutual love and understanding and rest content in one another. Eternal God, we remember with thanksgiving those who have gone before us in the way of Christ. Keep us united with all your people on earth and in heaven. Grant that as we continue to journey through the years, may we know the joys that are without end and at last come to that abiding city where you reign in glory everlasting. We dedicate ourselves and these gifts as a way of giving you thanks for all that you have done for us. We pray and ask in Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
Let us sing our closing hymn, uh, Crown Him with Many Crowns. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and all those that you love both now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.